0: Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Revelant, and I'm a journalist, healthcare copywriter, and a mom of two. In every episode, we talk about the challenges around feeding kids and give you practical and realistic solutions that will inspire and empower you to raise healthy eaters. Hi friends, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Rebecca Huff when we talked about simple meal prep ideas for back to school. A lot of kids are going back to school this week and next week, so be sure to go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. So the fall season, it's a lot like New Year's in that it's a fresh start and you're probably thinking about how to get your family back on track with eating healthy. Over the past few weeks, I've definitely been trying to wean my kids off all the sugar and the junk, And get more real food in their diets. I've talked to them about the foods that they like in their lunchbox. And I've been looking for new ideas for dinner. But I know that the only way I'm going to pull all of that off is if I plan ahead of time. If I don't make a shopping list or even have a rough idea of what's for dinner, it's just not going to happen. So another part of planning ahead is also keeping your refrigerator clean and organized. Because all too often, we've got food we don't even know we have, which eventually goes to waste, or we don't see anything appealing, and so we call for takeout. So I'm excited for you to meet today's guest, Christian Hong, author of Fridge Love, who says that not only is organizing your refrigerator the key to healthy eating, but it doesn't have to take a lot of time or work. Kristen says she used to be a junk food junkie and she struggled with food addiction and binge eating for years until she discovered Dr. Joel Furman and the Nutritarian diet, and everything changed, including how she organized her refrigerator.
1: At the time, my kids were very young and I was double, triple cooking meals. And so I realized that if I didn't take the time to prep my fridge for the week, I was never going to be able to maintain being a nutritarian.
0: Kristen talks about how to get started with Fridge Love, her five easy fridge goals, and her best shopping tips. She also lets us in on her best meal planning tips, even if you hate meal planning. And she shares her favorite recipes from her book take out your phone or a pen and paper because you're going to walk away with so many easy tips that you can start using today. I learned so much myself and I know you're going to love this interview with Kristen Hong. Well, Kristen, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's jump right in. Let's talk about your
1: story. Okay. So, um, you know, it was kind of an organic journey to get to this place where I released this book. Um, It was really, I had like a mom's blog that was kind of about creativity and kind of keeping my sanity with a newborn. Um, And I would share, you know, sometimes recipes, but mostly crafts and just kind of baby issues and what I was going through. And then um, my mom came to visit when I was pregnant with my second And she just looked amazing. Like she had reversed age a decade and I was super pregnant. And I was like, what did you do, mom? And she told me that um, my dad had watched a PBS special with Dr. Furman, and he kind of just sat there with his legal pad and wrote down the parameters of the basic eat to live program. And he kind of does all the cooking at their house. So he just started implementing it and both of them just had the incredible transformation and, you know, better health results and looking amazing. And so I was like, all right, I'm getting that book. And I felt like when my daughter was maybe six months, I would be ready to start trying it out. And so I kept a journal about the experience on my blog. And very soon thereafter, it became like the most popular content, which was great because I was really enjoying the process. Like after I got for the, got through the first few weeks of like the crazy detoxing, and seeing the results and like the increase in energy, the better mood, um, I was really hooked on this vegetarian lifestyle. And then I just decided to keep going with it and share recipes and. Um, continue to talk about ways that I was able to do it with a family who was not Nutritarian. And it just organically evolved from there into um, Hello Nutritarian, which is my website. And then I started dabbling in social media and sharing fridge pictures um, because I was starting to get into meal prepping because I figured that that was the only way that this lifestyle was really going to stick for me. Um, And then that just really took off on Instagram. And, you know, then a few years ago I was approached to write a book on the topic and that's kind of how it all organically happened.
0: That's cool. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I thank you for being so detailed in your description of your journey, because I feel like oftentimes when you talk to bloggers, they make it sound very like high level and it's like, Oh, it just kind of like came together. I started posting on Instagram. And then I was a bestseller, right? Like there definitely was a lot that went into your journey to grow your business and get this book deal and all of it. And we're talking offline about Dr. Furman. And, um, you know, I was telling you how I, I write for first for women magazine, and we often worked with him to identify real women, uh, stories, real, real women sources to feature in the magazine. And I, I kind of remember, I think I interviewed a woman who had been diagnosed with a very advanced stage form of cancer, and she did his program and she healed from cancer. So it's pretty wild, right? It's pretty amazing what he does.
1: Oh, it's incredible. And it, it just opens your mind, especially back then when I first found out about him. It was around 2011, 2012. And, you know, it just wasn't talked about to the extent that it is now and how so many people are trying to reverse so many diseases through nutrition and how powerful plants and produce are so i totally agree it's it was a big game changer in my life my extended family's life and then now i'm able to kind of show lead the path in my own family Um, So I'm forever grateful to him. And I've been linked up with so many people who've shared their stories about reversing cancer, heart disease, diabetes by following the nutritarian protocol. So it's really life-changing
0: stuff. Amazing. And so you talked about you were sharing recipes on your blog initially. So have you always been passionate about healthy eating and food? Totally not.
1: Uh (laughs) I was like the biggest junk food junkie um, in high school and college. And then when I was a young adult, I was, I struggled with binge eating and food addiction for many years and it was never formally diagnosed, but I kind of diagnosed myself after reading up on it. And I just have always had trouble around food and eating in the nutritarian way really helped me because it's large portions. They focus on large portions of really nutrient dense food. And that was helping me feel satiated because I'm six foot one. So I'm not, a, I'm not a petite person. So I, I wanted to feel like I was really eating and I it really gravitated towards not having to count calories and to actually be getting more food onto the plate, but more of the right foods that are really going to unlock your cellular potential and really help you feel energetic. So it was a whole brand new way of thinking about food for me because in the past when I had wanted to lose weight or quote unquote, get healthy, it was really like going to the freezer aisle and getting like lean cuisines and kind of portion controlling through that. And I didn't really understand what was happening. So when I read in my body, so when I read eat to live and he and Dr. Furman just lays everything out in such great detail and it's very impactful when you read it, Um, I just it all made sense, like why I was so drawn to processed foods, why it was so difficult to get off of them, what that's actually doing to your body. And it kind of gave me the evidence I needed to make better choices.
0: Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about Dr. Furman's nutritarian diet um, approach. And and so what are the basic premises and, and benefits of it for people who are not familiar with it?
1: Sure. So it's really a high nutrient lifestyle. So instead of looking at something for how much calories or carbs or fat or protein it contains, you're looking at it as how many phytochemicals are in this food. And phytochemicals are there, there've been ones that have been discovered and then many thousands that haven't. And they're a micronutrient similar to a vitamin or mineral that are unique to produce plants. And they help your body detox, like they're anti-inflammatory and they eat, they all have different specific things that they can do and help your body and your bodily functions. Um, So you, you want to eat, the goal is to eat one pound raw and one pound cooked vegetables daily, which I know it sounds like a crazy amount, but a pretty big salad with maybe two cups of greens and one cup of toppings will get you a lot of the way there. And then, you know, cooked vegetables is a lot easier. You can roast vegetables. um, You can do like a water saute. And it's crazy how many vegetables you can eat in a day when you focus on just that one pound raw and one pound cooked. And then um, the other tenets of the nutritarian lifestyle is to cook without oil, which was a really, that one was hard for me to wrap my head around because my father's Cuban and growing up, olive oil was like highly regarded as a health food. So um, learning how to water saute and how to roast without needing oil, I thought it was going to be really difficult, but it actually ended up being pretty easy in the end. And then also another tenant is to not use salt and to really limit your sodium intake and only aim to try to add 300 to 400 milligrams of salt daily. So that was way more of a challenge for me, actually, than the oil transitioning was. And um, so I use things like white miso paste or coconut aminos, um, liquid aminos instead of salt in recipes. And then the last part of it is just really getting processed foods out of your diet um, or minimizing them to, you know, less than 10% of calories daily. So those are kind of the the main tenants. And then Dr. Furman always talks about G-bombs, which is getting um, greens, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds onto your plate every day, because those are some of the most nutrient dense foods you can have. So those are kind of the guardrails of the nutritarian lifestyle. And it really is a health excellence lifestyle um, that can feel really restrictive to people. And I always recommend just going at it really slowly and starting with just adding like one big salad daily with a really good no oil dressing. And I have tons of recipes up on my site.
0: Yeah, and it kind of sounds like a lot of it can translate into kids' meals as well. Maybe they're not going to get there, and I'm sure it's a lot less than a pound, right? But, um, yeah. <laughs> but I think <laughs> that just kind of like you're saying, these guardrails can definitely translate into kids' meals, and it's you know you don't have to worry about creating separate meals for your kids.
1: Yes, totally. And one thing we love to do in my family is do a weekly salad bar where you kind of just pre shop everything for the week. And then everyone can get what they want into their bowl. And it's just a really easy way of everyone getting what they want. And then you can do dressings. Like I'll have my oil-free dressing. My kids don't like salad dressing, surprisingly, so they'll just have theirs either with like um, lime or lemon juice or my son will just eat it plain. Um, so everybody kind of can do what they want on the toppings, but at least you're getting that base of fresh produce in there.
0: Great. So, you know, you get what it's like to have little kids and picky eaters and all of it. And so what do you think is the biggest challenge that parents have when it comes to feeding their kids today?
1: I think today, especially like, it's so easy to fall in the trap of you're tired, you're a parent, and you just want to get something on their plate that you know, they're going to like, like nobody wants to go through the battle, you know? So I, my kids were not raised nutritarian. My daughter is a lot better because I had already started learning everything when she was six months old and breastfeeding her during the time when I did my first six weeks on the nutritarian program. So she already has a better palate than my son did. Um, so it's really been, and I learned this from their pediatrician, exposure is the key. So it really takes 11 attempts For a child to eat something before they can really tell if they like it or not. So my pediatrician told me like, yeah, even if they chew it up and have to spit it out, that's still working to help with exposure. And we're talking about, you know, like broccoli, um, Brussels sprouts, all different kinds of vegetables that kids normally just don't really want anything to do with. And it's a struggle. So it became in our house, like we're going to try this and we're going to get exposure. And kind of change it up and make it more of like a reward of, oh, I'm so glad that you did that and you tried it. So, you know, before I would see them spinning something out as like a defeat, but then I kind of changed the mindset and was like, okay, even that happening, we're still making progress. And now my kids are older. My youngest is just turned 10 and my oldest is 13. And they're not, they're still not nutritarian, but because of my lifestyle rubbing off on theirs, they eat so much more produce fresh and cooked than I would say the average standard American um, diet child would. So it's been like a slow process in my family and my husband is Korean and it was very important for him that they have access to cultural foods. So we you know, we came together and decided that we would have an open eating experience in our house. So I call it dietarily blended. And I like to get recipes that are nutritarian or nearly nutritarian on their plates. And that's kind of been um, what I did in the book because a lot of the recipes in Fridge Love are ne- nearly nutritarian. So just by adding a little bit of maple syrup, or a pinch of salt to a few dishes. Like my kids just love them. So I feel like we're making progress. And then I'm hoping that when they're older and they're ready to decide for themselves, like if this is something that they want to do or try, then I can totally be there to guide them.
0: So we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about what fridge love is. Back to school is right around the corner. And although I'm loving this warm weather, I'm also ready for my kids to start a new school year and get back to their normal activities. I know it's going to get hectic and my kids are still going to complain about what's for dinner. But one of the things I do to encourage them to try new foods and eat their veggies is to cook together. When they can make choices and they have a hand in making a meal, they're empowered and more likely to eat healthy. But if cooking isn't your thing, then the Kids Cook Real Food E-course is for you. This course was created by a mom of 4 and a former teacher, and it's for kids ages 2 to teen. You'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos including a ton of bonuses plus supply and grocery shopping list and kid-friendly recipes. The course also has a ton of substitutions, so if your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions, you're covered. My daughters and I have taken the course, and it was so easy to follow along that they made an entire recipe all on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken this course, and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. All you have to do to sign up is go to kidscookrealfood.com slash issues, And because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash foodissues and sign up. This fall, I know you're gearing up with the clothes and back-to-school supplies, and you're probably looking for new snack ideas. Finding healthy snacks with real food ingredients that are also affordable and safe for school isn't always easy, and that's why I love Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable. Everything is organic and non GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. My kids are all about the Lara bars and the go raw cinnamon snacking seeds. Thrive Market also has essential groceries, safe supplements, non toxic home products, and clean beauty products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash issues, where you can sign up and see my favorite items. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a family in need. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash issues. All right, Kristen. So I read... I think on Instagram that you said fridge love is a form of self-love. So what is fridge love and why do we need it?
1: It is. It's such a form of self-love. And as I was explaining, you know, I came from a family and at the time my kids were very young and I was double, triple cooking meals. And so I realized that if I didn't take the time to prep my fridge for the week, I was never going to be able to maintain being a nutritarian. And I had a lot of starting and stopping because of that. And I realized that I had to put my health first. And that really is a form of self-love, especially when you're a mom. So I would take a day or two on the weekend to pre-chop or cook, batch cook recipes, um, nutritarian recipes, and you know put them in the fridge. And then that also was a bigger emphasis on organizing my fridge to fuel my healthy lifestyle and make things easier for myself and also to inspire myself to stay going with my healthy eating. So I like being open, being able to open my fridge doors and get inspiration, like a hit of inspiration instead of exasperation where everything is covered up and like three things deep and you're like having to shuffle through everything. I really started to think a lot more um, strategically about what I wanted in my fridge and what was going to help me the most. So that is how it's a form of self-love. And in the book, I really wanted to translate that to anybody in any lifestyle that you're following or not following and just give you um, five fridge goals that you can start with just 15 minutes a week. And get a little bit more purposeful with your fridge. And then you can level up over time if you want to, if you want to get to the point where you're pre-chopping produce for the week, or you want to get up and scale up to meal prepping.
0: And so, you know, we see these amazing refrigerators on Instagram, right? And that's not what we're talking about. We're not trying to aspire to perfection and everything is in a rainbow, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Let me just put that right out there because I know I get that asked a lot because look, I'm trying to get attention on Instagram, right? And people love something that looks really beautiful. And now to me, it's almost like another form of art. Like I've gone to this whole other level, but that I really wanted this book to be practical. And I say early on, like your fridge is not going to look like this, but let's get little components in there that are in this spirit. So like instead of having your whole fridge rainbow organized, you can have um, rainbow salad prep jars that you can eat for the week, which are like a super easy and healthy lunch that's still giving you that visual inspiration, um, but in a real practical way. So yeah, I'm not expecting people to go out and be complete fridge geeks like me and (laughs) rainbow coordinate everything. I wanted this to be super actionable and super practical.
0: Great. Yeah. And so for parents, it's, it's planning ahead. It's making sure that we have food ready for meals. Any other benefits to it?
1: Yeah. You know, I think it's great that my kids can go in the fridge and they're just, it's like an onslaught of healthy options for snacking. And I have two recipes in the book that are like fruit cups and veggie cups where you can do like smashed avocado or hummus. And those are really good for kids after school snacks. Um, especially like in the hotter months that we're in, in the summer to get like cool, refreshing produce. And it's something that's going to like not make them have a sugar high or something that's not anything pro- processed. And um, it's just very helpful to take some time for the week to get healthy stuff in the fridge that is just easy to grab and go. And I always say to just, When you organize your fridge, try to see like your next three healthy meal or snack options and try to get those visible and pulled up to the front of your fridge.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, I geek out on the science, but there's research that shows that if it's, you know, easy and accessible and at eye level, your kids are more likely to reach for it. And I mean, I can attest to that for sure. If I have something in a clear glass bowl in the refrigerator, my kids are going to grab it versus if it's, you know, in a, in something that has tinfoil over it, or it's not visible to them. Totally. And it's,
1: it's just a visual thing. We eat with our eyes and the same when you go into the fridge. So I even recommend like, instead of having everything in your, um, produce drawers in your fridge, you don't have to do what your fridge tells you to do. You can actually pull like a thing of carrots and put them up in a jar standing up on one of your mid-level shelves so that when you're opening up the fridge, you're like, oh yeah, I've got those carrots. I'm going to use them to make this you know, stir fry or use them in this soup or you know, serve them as a snack. So if you don't want to get to the point where you're pre-chopping things, just pulling things up eye level, you're already going to reduce so much food waste in your fridge because it's not getting stuck in those drawers and forgotten about.
0: So what's the first step
1: to getting started? So the first step I always recommend is doing a deep clean of your fridge, because especially if this isn't something that you've been practicing, it's really good way to kind of get a handle on what you have in your fridge. And I always recommend if you're doing a deep clean to have a cooler that you can put your stuff in. And I recommend pulling everything out of the fridge, all of the things that can be removed from your fridge and then washing them with just warm water and soap and drying them really well putting everything back in, all the shelves, all the drawers, and then editing the condiments is a really good place to start. If you haven't used it in the last year, then it's probably something that you can give to a friend or a family member. Or I know there's some zero waste clubs on Facebook too that you can um, trade or or donate. So it's definitely something to start with your condiment space because that can free up space to, hey, have some cut veggies in a jar for the week. So you're trading that. For, you know, healthier eating and trying to start with one shelf at a time. Like you don't need to be radical and do everything in one afternoon if you don't want to. But having that blank canvas of a freshly cleaned fridge, editing out your condiment space, and then just focusing on one shelf that you're going to be a bit more intentional and purposeful with. And I have tons of tips in the book based on like your life stage and your, you know, your situation. We call them case studies. But even having something like an eat first bin is really easy and you can just get a clear bin, put a little label on it or a piece of um, tape and write it on there, eat first. And that's just kind of like the bits and bobs of like a half of a cucumber, half of a tomato or anything you want to put in there to make sure that um, you're you're not wasting food. And so that's always an an easy win. And you'll be amazed at how much less food waste you're going to have just from doing that.
0: That's a great idea. So you talked about goals. So what are some easy goals that people can can use to get started with this?
1: Yeah, so in the book I have five fridge goals and the first goal is called the fresh fridge and that's just taking 15 minutes to organize your refrigerator and I give all the guidelines for each type of fridge in the book and then taking of some of that time to just make one or two things or pull that produce like we were talking about up, visible and eye level in a glass jar. And you can even use old spaghetti jars, which is like my favorite thing to use. And I give a lot of tips in the book on using what you have first because that's exactly how I started. And then once I proved to myself that this was something I was really going to do consistently, then I rewarded myself by buying like the mason jars and the clear containers. But spaghetti jars have just as good shelf life as mason jars so i would say grab those spaghetti jars out of the recycling bin stand up that celery the you know your carrots beets whatever you have and putting it on like a middle row in the shelf and kind of thinking outside of the crisper drawers and getting that so that your fresh produce is the first thing you see because that's where most of the food waste is happening in your fridge it's fresh produce getting forgotten and not used So something like cilantro is a really easy way. You just trim the ends, fill up a jar about a third of the way up with water and stick it in there and then cover it with either the grocery bag that you bought it in or a silicone reusable bag. And your cilantro will last like two weeks stored that way. And it was, yeah, it's amazing. And people were sending me pictures on Instagram of their herbs and they're like, this cilantro is three weeks old and they couldn't believe it. So Those are easy things you can do within 15 minutes for the week that will help you reduce food waste and eat healthier for the week. And that's the first goal in the book, um, the Fresh Fridge.
0: Great. Other ways that we can organize our
1: fridge? Yeah, there's so many things. Like, Say you're in a roommate situation. I give a lot of guidance in the case studies on that, but there's these really great bins that have like three drawers so you can pull out the deli drawer and use that for For deli, you can have different um, mason jar color-coded tops so that I don't really believe when you're in a roommate situation that you want to just dictate which shelves everyone gets because there's different levels of cooling in each shelf, which I go through in the book. So um, other ways, creative ways to do that. And then I go through all the life stages of having kids because when you're in baby mode is way different than toddler mode. So baby mode, I'm all about the bins. You got the baby milk bin. You have like the bin for your dinners so that you can just pull it out. A sandwich bin is a great one. Also, this works really well for teenagers because my son's 13 and I'm getting into this now where, you know, his favorite things can be in a bin that he can just pull out, grab snacks or make a quick sandwich. And um yeah, I go through. And then other considerations, like when you have an older parent, my mother-in-law would come over and she loved all my glass containers and she bought a bunch of them, but she found out like it was hard for her to handle. They're heavier and the snap lock lids were more difficult for her to use. So considerations like with storage containers for each you know stage of life is also important. And I go through all of that in the book too.
0: And so what are some tips for when we're going shopping? Because a lot of organization, I would say, perhaps happens when you're grocery shopping.
1: Totally. And even more than the organization, I would say that your shelf life of your produce, it's definitely impacted by your shopping. So if right now, it's, it's pretty hot in the US. We're in the summer months. And so you really want to be aware because temperature is the number one factor of um degrading shelf life and produce. So going to the store if you can in the earlier hours or even at night is going to help, especially however long you have in transit um from grocery shopping. So um also a lot of people love going to farmers markets, but you really want to hit those up early in the day because when you're there in the afternoon hours, the produce has been there for a while in the hot sun and you're gonna have a lot less shelf life from that produce than you would. Um, normally. So a lot of what happens in your fridge is a direct result of the cold chain of where the produce has come from and where it's been along the way and has the temperature been regulated you know, to the best possible extent. So trying to make sure on your end in the grocery shopping part that you're getting the freshest you can. And then I have a whole 79-page Produce guide in the book where I specifically will list what to look for when you're shopping for each type of produce to make sure that you're getting the freshest you can.
0: And for people who really don't like to cook or meal prep or meal plan, what are some easy ways to get started?
1: Yeah, you know, I always say that you want to start with recipes you already know and things that you already love because one of the hardest parts about batch cooking is Having to multitask on a recipe. And if it's a new recipe you don't know very well, it's going to make it, it's going to make the experience um, less ideal and it's going to make you not want to keep going with batch cooking. So do a recipe that you already know and love and you're very familiar with and just use that and, you know, see how you feel having a few sets of leftovers from that recipe during the week and how nice it is to just go in your fridge and already have something waiting for you that you enjoy. And then from there, branch out to um, other meal prep recipes. I have a lot in the book that have really long shelf life in your fridge. And just start really, really slowly and start small and focus on the small wins and I have um, listed in the book, like a whole trajectory over like a two month period of how to easily get into meal prepping in a way that feels, you know, doable and not overwhelming.
0: And what are your favorite recipes from your book? So my
1: top favorite recipe is the chipotle red lentil soup recipe Ooh, that yeah. I actually, yeah, that it's, sounds really, awesome. <laughs> it's really good. And it's become like a whole family favorite. So that was a huge win. And um, it has two week shelf life in the fridge, which is crazy long. (laughs) So and it tastes just as good on day 14 as it does on day one. So I actually have that up for free on the Amazon book page because it was the first recipe I developed for the book. And I just have made it ever since I developed it. I make it almost every single week. And I really wanted people to sample like the best that the book had to offer, especially when it came to shelf life. And everybody who's tried this recipe and given me feedback has just loved it. And is just blown away by um, the shelf life of fresh soup.
0: I really love your approach because it's really realistic and it's not overwhelming. So where can listeners go to learn more about you and your work?
1: So you can head to
0: hellonutritarian.com, which is
1: my website. And I have a lot of free recipes and meal. I have a little meal prep guide up there. And then I'm most active on social media on at hellonutritarian on Instagram. And it's kind of where I say to go if you want to just get inspired to um, think about your fridge and get fridge inspiration. And I do post pantry stuff there, too. And um, I'm getting on TikTok soon. So that's coming. (laughs) And um, yeah, those are the places to find me also on Facebook at Hello Great.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time today, Kristen. Thanks so much,
1: Julie. I enjoyed it.
0: I had so much fun chatting with Kristen Hong and I feel really inspired to get my refrigerator organized. Be sure to pick up a copy of her book, Fridge Love, which I've linked to in the show notes and head on over to hellonutritarian.com to learn more about Kristen. Thank you so much for tuning into the Food Issues Podcast. You can connect with me on julirevelant.com where you can leave me a voicemail or send me a message and let me know about a new topic or guest you'd like to hear from. And be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I'll see you next week.